Hi, and welcome to episode 124 of No Crying in Baseball, the Can Tech Support Bring Us a Beer episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, who is very grateful for tech support and this beer that has just been poured. Things are going well. I, I just wanted to point out, though, that we're doing really well with having a corrections department. I really <laughs> appreciate you folks out there. So at this week, we've gone from math corrections to grooming corrections. And I'm going to give a little shout out to Glenn Longwell, who knows his Crayolas, because he pointed out that Lindor's hair is not silver, but in fact, it is periwinkle, which was absolutely my favorite crayon as a child. I was a fan of periwinkle, too. You know, we would look good with periwinkle hair. Yeah, actually, the funny thing is my daughter, did you notice? that she has periwinkle streaks now. Oh, she it's would love it if we, if we dyed our hair to match her. Hey, what can our listeners do like enough of to get us to dye our hair? Oh boy. I don't know. We will take suggestions. It's going to be half it's going to be a lot. Actually, I don't know. I'll, I'll dye my hair. But yeah, they, no, make them work. Yeah. All right. Make them work. I'm willing to dye my hair peri- periwinkle for the right trade. So what have you got, listeners? What have you got? Be, be creative out there. Uh, bef- before we list our today's show, I just want to give a shout out. Happy birthday to Michael Conforto, who was my Mets boyfriend last year, has since been replaced. Sorry, Michael. But he celebrated his birthday with a home run. Against the Nats. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. On today's show, we have the wagging finger of Joe Torre. We've got diversity finally reaching the upper levels of the world of umpires. We have the best baseball prospectus entry ever. We have boyfriends on the Yankees and the Atlanta team. And yes, we were able to find guys on both that we were happy to have as boyfriends. And we have a really special guest today, um, Michael Rivers, who runs the Adopt a Minor League Player Twitter feed. And he's doing great work. Hey, so umpires, um, the world of umpires is doing something that we can really get behind. We can get behind umpires? We can. Actually, some of our best friends are, are umpires. That's true. That's true. So there were two promotions last week in the world of umpires that made me really happy. One is Kerwin Danley, who is the first black umpire crew chief ever in Major League Baseball. He's 58. He started working um, as an umpire in the majors in 1992. He's worked two World Series, um, two All-Star Games. And yep, since yep, I'm I'm just like if we had a video feed, I am slack jawed. I can't believe it's taken into 2020 to have the yep. first African American. Yep. That's that just makes no Hold fucking that outrage. sense. There's more coming. Unbelievable. There's more coming. Alfonso Marquez is the first Latino born crew chief. Excellent. There was a um, another Hispanic crew chief who was born in the United States, but um, Alfonso Marquez was actually born in Mexico. He's 47. Um, he started working in the majors in 1999, and he has worked three World Series. I feel like we're in the 1960s. This but should wait. have happened a long time but ago. But wait, how many women? Uh, Not yeah. even crew chiefs, but umpires in the major leagues? Zippo, zero. So applause to the world of umpires for the baby steps and a lot of horror following that up, that this is only as far as we've gotten. Well, you know, while we're bitching about my, um, MLB leadership, chief baseball officer, I don't even know what that means, but it's got to be some high up position. That means the buck stops there unless it stops at Rob Manfred. Yeah. So this is Joe Torre, who I've loved for years, ever since he was a Yankees manager. And at this point, he's just becoming even more endearing. An article came out which says that before 2018, he knew about the Astros and Red Sox uh, cheating situation. I'm terrified of this Red Sox thing, but that's beside the point. But but he warned them. So I don't understand Wait, he this. Warned, he warned to the Astros and the Red Sox? Yes. He had a, a meeting with like Cora and Dombrowski and Lunau and Hinch. And to their faces said, and I quote, at some point, there's going to be a player or players or front office person that's going to leave your team go to another team, and basically rat you guys out, basically tell the dirty secrets. So basically what he's saying is you better stop cheating now before someone reports it to me and I have to do my job and investigate. So as opposed to me already knowing it and doing my job and investigating, I can wait until someone tells me and only you can prevent forest fires. Exactly. So just fuck it all, and I'm not looking forward to the Red Sox announcement whenever it's going to happen. With our luck, it'll be right before the podcast drops. But actually, I heard it's not going to be for like another week. And there was this weird, week, yeah. yeah, and there's this weird fucked up thing where um, I, I think it was Manfred fuck, told the Dodgers, don't worry, 
price and bets aren't involved, that this trade is okay. Wow. Yeah. So many questions. So many questions. So I don't know. I don't know who from the Red Sox is going to get strung up, but it's going to happen at some point. So much of this leaves me speechless, which is bad for a podcast host. Mm. I got to say, because, you know, well, we rant plenty. You guys, you know, insert the regularly scheduled rant here, right? You have stuff to say, though. Can I can I rant about Addison frickin' Russell? Oh, I haven't heard that name for a while. Actually, I'm not going to rant about him. I'm going to praise to the high heavens baseball prospectus because they are masters at throwing shade in a very serious, serious way. And I'm so proud of them Um, in the baseball prospectus book. Basically, every player is listed with all of their stats and then a blurb that sort of in a narrative form tells that player's story. It kind of sums up their story. Um, This year's entry for Addison Russell, who was non-tendered by the Cubs and has not yet been picked up. So right crossing fingers there. Mm -hmm. The entire blurb after the stats is just this. And I quote, the 24 hour national domestic violence hotline number is 800-799-7233. That's the blurb. Cheers to you, baseball prospectus. It's it's I'm not even going to say adorable. We're going to say outstanding. Well done. I'll, I'll drink my beer on that one. And one thing Addison Russell will never be is a baseball boyfriend. Nope. Because we have baseball boyfriends and we have standards on this podcast. We each pick one guy per team throughout the offseason because they're special and they are not an asshole. No assholes allowed. So we each kind of have our different take on this and we pick guys that we want to hang out with and have a beer with. And our challenge this week was to do the Yankees and the Atlanta team, not our favorite ball clubs. But we managed. And for the Yankees, I am cheering my friend, my really good friend, Santiago Estrella, who is a Yankees fan since birth. And I am a Red Sox fan since birth. And yet we are still super good friends. And I know that Santiago loves Gleber Torres. So I am picking Gleber David Torres Castro, 23-year-old, soon-to-be shortstop. He was on second base last year because there wasn't room at short, but now there is, and he's going to be there, and he's going to rock. He is a Venezuelan from Caracas, and for you, my dear friend Patty, his favorite player was Omar Vizquel. I love Omar. We love Omar on this podcast. Who wouldn't love Omar? And as a shortstop from Venezuela, of course he idolizes Omar. He started playing at age five. And when he was nine years old, his father, Eusebio, predicted that he would go pro. So, Dad, you did well. By the way, his father's 46. <clears throat> Not saying. You didn't have that... to go there. You didn't have yeah. to go there. Well, his 40, his 46-year-old father is actually playing as an amateur catcher in Venezuela. So, I don't know. Maybe they can do a little father-son ball in the backyard the way it's supposed to be. So, uh, Glaber started in the Venezuelan League. At age 15, playing for the Navegantes de Magallanes. And my uh, baseball boyfriend from last week from the Twins, Luis Arraes, uh, played for the same team. So that's a little cosmic connection for me. Glaber signed with the Cubs in 2013. But he went to New York on that Chapman, uh, talk about assholes, on the Chapman rental when the Chapman went to the Cubs so that they could win the World Series with a fucking abuser closer. And Glaber went to New York, and New York really won that deal because they got Chapman back the next year anyway. Glaber managed to be MVP of the Fall Arizona League that year. But in June 17, he ended up with Tommy John surgery, which is not as common for position players as it is for pitchers. And also not for such a young guy, but apparently he got really damaged sliding headfirst oh, as a mother that like like makes me... Just twitch a little bit. Sliding head as a grandmother because yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, you went there. You I went there. Did no. It, not, it would be mother. Would I'm be. not that bad with for of Glaber. I'm Glaber. like I'm his mom's age, a little older maybe. But um, you're his mom's big sister's age. Mom, oh shit! <laughs> he slid into into home base when he was playing for the Scranton Wilkes Bar Railriders. I actually went to that stadium 
weird ass mascot. He debuted <laughs> in April of 2018 in New York and he took in New York. And the day he debuted, he went into Times Square and just basically adopted New York City as his city. So I'm feeling a little bit of connection here because that's where my daughter is living now. And she kind of did the same thing. And she kind of adopted Times Square too. So, oh, there's something about New York, New York. He said it's that- It's a hell of a town. It's a hell of a town. Apparently, it's a little bit better than Caracas because he said it's it's like the city where I was born in Venezuela, where I lived, Caracas, but a little bigger and better, especially nowadays in Caracas, really. So he was the youngest American League player to homer in four straight games his, this first season in 2018. And he ended up with 24 home runs that year. Not too bad, which makes him number two to Joe DiMaggio for an under 21 player getting that many home runs. And with his buddy, Miguel Andujar, the baby, the bron- baby bombers, right? Mm-hmm. Baby bombers. They were the first pair of Yankees rookies with more than 20 home runs each, and they had more than 10 before the All-Star break. He was the youngest Yankee to hit a walk-off homer against Cleveland that May, and when he went against the Nats in August, he and Juan Soto, who is my, at this point, second-year Nats boyfriend, baseball boyfriend, because we get to keep one, they are the youngest opposing team player pair home run people to hit a home run. Oh, man, this is a night uh, since 1887. So that's a a longstanding record. Dang. He was an all-star in 2018 and 19, although he was not able to play in 2018. But he's this he's known for this home run hitting. Obviously, in 2019, he got 13 home runs. Wait for it against the Orioles. which is the divisional era record against one team. And it got to the point on the last game that they were playing against the Orioles where they walked him to load the bases with two outs because the manager, Brandon Hyde, basically just said, I have had it enough of Glaber Torres. We don't want him to hit any more home runs. He ended up with 38 home runs total in 2019. So like I said, he was second base last year, but he's going to be replacing my former Yankees boyfriend. Boy, that sounds weird. I can't get used to that. D.D. Gregorius, who is also known as the guy who replaced Jeter. So now Glaber Torres is the guy who replaced the guy who replaced Jeter. And I think that's going to just keep going. Um, He is a good guy. He's gotten a couple of good guy awards. In 2018, November, he got the Community Service Award by Hamilton Madison House, which is a nonprofit working with uh, teaching English. So that's something that I do. And computer and career skills for immigrants. And he talked at the award ceremony about the process of learning English, which he's taken to heart since being here. And this past February, wait, it's March now. Yes, I can say past February. He was the 40th winner of the Thurman Munson Award, which hit a little bit of heartstrings because I know my friend Santiago, that was his favorite catcher growing up when mine was Carlton Fisk. We had a little bit of a rivalry there. Thurman Munson was an amazing guy, and his widow, Diana, established this award right after he died, and it's continued since then. And it's for professional and Olympic athletes, for athletic achievements and contributions to the community. And it's to benefit the AHRC New York City Foundation, which helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So he's a good guy. And he started working early. So there's that work ethic. He's been training since November. And yesterday he had a home run. So Glaber, you might be in my starting lineup. I think that's a most excellent pick. I also picked one of the baby boomers as my Yankees boyfriend. I picked Miguel Andujar, who is listed as third base because that's what he played recently, but it may not be what may not be what he's playing this year. He's 24 when we're recording, but he'll be 25 by the time this episode drops because his oh, birthday so cool. is March 2nd. He is from the Dom- Dominican Republic where he lived with his grandmother. And in her honor, he's still, when he plays, he wears a chain that she gave him. Oh, so, you know, keeps her close great. to his heart. His nickname is Papa. And there's not a lot 
available about his personal life. People are like, well, is that because he is a papa? It turns out he is a papa. He's got a young daughter named Emma, and there's absolutely no information out there except for a couple of, I'm going to say adorable because it's about a baby, but cheers, cheers. we're going to drink anyway. Adorable baby girl. She's so cute um, on Instagram. But his father, his papa actually gave him the nickname Papa because he was the firstborn in the family. And he was going to be the one who takes care of everyone else. And I have a feeling he's probably doing that already. He was signed as an international free agent in 2011 by the Yankees. And weird for me, I picked a guy who's all bat and no glove. As much as I love defense. No sexy defense No sexy defense, although he is working on it. He debuted very briefly in June of 2017. He went three for four, had four RBIs, um, which is the Yankees' record for RBIs for a first game. Wow, that's great. The next day got sent right back down. Uh, You know, he was just like filling in a blank for for mm -hmm. a minute. Talk about a cup of coffee. That was a very brief cup of coffee. She says while sipping a beer. Oh, the irony. (laughs) He came up for good in April of 2018, and he, in seven consecutive games, had an extra base hit, which tied DiMaggio and Mantle for the most consecutive games with an extra base hit for anyone under the age of 24. He then went on to break DiMaggio's Yankee record for doubles hit by a rookie. When you're in the same sentence as DiMaggio and Mantle, you are a Yankee legend. Right? Right. He ended up in 2018 as the runner-up to Shohei Otani as the American League Rookie of the Year. You will find some people who are largely Yankee fans who will argue that because he played pretty much the whole season and Otani only played about half a season. So his numbers are reflective of the whole season, but he came in second. He was awesome. He did win the um, he was voted the Outstanding American League Rookie by the other players, by the by the Player Association. That means a lot. So his peers said, yeah, you were you were the best guy. You were absolutely the best guy. Um, He was also recognized with our friend Juan Soto by the Dominican Republic Sporting Hall of Fame after the 2018 series for his production in that season for their their production in that season they were both recognized so his childhood hero was adrian beltre who grew up also in the dominican republic about 15 miles away who is my former boyfriend from the rangers excellent choice seasons ago and who does in fact have sexy defense and they Mm -hmm. did meet on the field once they crossed from their opposing dugouts to shake hands because beltre knew that and do her and you know Aww. so it was, it was very sweet but then when the season was over and Beltre um retired he gave a little call to his friend and Duhar and said your defense needs my help <laughs> basically <laughs> I can help you so that loop hasn't been closed there's verification that the offer was made and Duhar said yes of course I'm taking him up on it but there hasn't been any closure to and this is what actually happened so the problem with the 2019 season is that um and Duhar tore his labrum, his shoulder. Ouch. And was out for almost all of 2019, which which was the case for a lot of a lot of Yankees, lot of Yankees in the starting lineup. And so their lineup changed, right? They had a lot of people stepping into other positions. So yeah. now that he has rehabbed and recovered, he can't just walk back into third base because Rochelle is there and he's been doing great. And what do you mm-hmm. do? And so he's been learning First base and left field, which are excellent positions for guys that are all bat and less glove. Even if he's improving with defense, those are better options for him. So he will probably be in the starting lineup somewhere, but there's a variety of choices now, which is actually pretty cool. So, (coughs) pardon me, the Thurman Munson Award that Potty Mouth just told you about was won in 2019, the previous year before Torres won it by Miguel and Duhar. So that's a good you know, that's kind of a boyfriend oh, award for the so Yankees, cool. isn't it? Cheers, Santiago. One of the um, the charity, the philanthropic projects that um, the Yankees do is called Hope Week, which stands for helping others persevere and excel. And they go out into the community and they basically surprise people and organizations who are doing great work and work with them in the field. They don't bring them in. They go to them so they can go out into the community and learn what these people are doing to change where they live. But then they also bring them to games and celebrate them and all that. And so Nduhara is a big part of that. And um, Nelson Cruz, former boyfriend of the twins, uh, is also a Dominican player, and he runs youth baseball clinics in Las Matas de Santa Cruz, which is his hometown, and invites other Dominican players to come and help with these youth baseball clinics. And he's brought Andujar 
and Juan Soto. And I him. missed that last week. Right? There Dang. you have it. All right, we're going to move along to the National League now and the Atlanta team, which was a challenge for us because five-eighths of the starting lineup, that National League no DH thing, <clears throat> is already taken Yay. <laughs> it's already taken by our former boyfriends because Albies and Acuna, young guys that we picked last year, are still there, of course. Free- Freddie Freeman and Enciarte uh, were our previous years, and Asuna has been traded there, and he's there now. So I uh, – oh, wait. Before I talk about this guy, I just want to say something about Atlanta. Um, we have some some Atlanta listeners, and I love y'all, and I totally understand, you know, rooting for your home team. I hear an outside word coming. Almost. But that fucking chop – you know, really. There it is. And and it just got to the point in the playoffs last year that it was driving me bonkers. And I had a hard time with it, you know, with, with the football situation, too. I just don't get it. It's offensive. Don't do it. Um, and last season, it came to a head when Ryan Helsley, the Cards reliever, who is Cherokee, was pitching and was understandably upset. And it was, again, the, well, if the guy is in the room, maybe we have to behave ourselves. And so they stopped passing out the fucking foam tomahawks. And they promised that they would continue dialogue with the Native American community. All right, update, latest brief statement to The Athletic. Those discussions are ongoing, and we don't expect to publicly comment on those private conversations. And meanwhile, the Chop Fest, named Chop Fest, still went on in January. And they have articles such as, or or, uh, columns in local blogs and publications such as the Tomahawk Take and the morning chop. And I just don't feel like this is necessary to continue. So I'm really curious how things are going with spring training, who's chopping, and what's going to happen this year. But there's a guy I like because we have to pick a guy in every team. I manage with the Yankees. I'm going to manage with Atlanta. And he's actually really cool. This is James Dansby Swanson. And I just knew him as Dansby, so I didn't know the James part existed at, at all. But can I interrupt for one second about oh, the sure. whole name Dansby Swanson? Yeah, please whenever do. I'm at a game when we're playing, when we the Nats are playing Atlanta, and Dansby Swanson is announced, I always think of Jane Austen. I feel like he's a Jane Austen hero. So that's where like our cultural references are like opposite. I always think of like F- Swanson frozen dinners for my child. <laughs> wow, there are two kinds of people in the world, right, my friend. Are. Two kinds of people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, Dansby, he's a shortstop. So, I've got a short couple of shortstops to pick from this week from Marietta, Georgia. And his name came from his mom's maiden name, actually. So, his dad's name is Cooter. I'm not going to talk more about that. That's his, his first name? Yeah, his dad is Cooter, Cooter Swanson. Swanson. His mom was Nancy Dansby before she married Cooter Swanson, and now she's Nancy Swanson. And uh, when he he first got traded to the Braves... He lived with his parents at the end of the season because he got traded in uh, in August and it was, you know, they're close to the park. He grew up as a Braves fan. Might as well live with your parents. And his dad even said that he didn't they didn't go to the games every day because they kind of didn't want to freak him out like they did when he was in college because he went to Vanderbilt. So that close to home also. But he was able to commute from his childhood home to playing professional baseball. He went to Vanderbilt, and at Vanderbilt, he was a College World Series champion. He was the number one draft pick by the D-backs in 2015. I don't think he did much with them because he got hit in the face with a pitch. That sounds just horrible, no matter what, just the optics of that. It was a simulated game, so it was with his own team, and it was with a fellow prospect teammate pitcher. How bad, that guy felt bad. He like kept texting him to check on him. He ended up with 14 stitches near his mouth and a mild concussion. And then that that winter, he was traded, actually, along with my ex-boyfriend in Ciarte, to the Braves. Uh, he debuted in... August of 2016 with the Braves and just hit the ground running, was raking it, hit 302 in 38 games. He His first home run was an inside-the-park home run, unfortunately, against the Nationals. Actually, the Braves lost that game, so it wasn't t- yeah. total tragedy. It was against Gio Gonzalez. Um, and then he had a notable drop 
in 2017 and 18, where he was batting around 230-something. He had a wrist injury that had something to do with it. He started improving in 2019, batting 270 before the All-Star game, but then another injury brought him down a little bit, so he ended up with 251 overall, 748 on-base percentage plus slugging. But the postseason is where it gives me hope for this season coming up because he brought that up to 389 in the postseason against the Cards with 977 OPS. So hope for this year is what I'm thinking. Two things about him really made me pick him. One is he is a charity guy, and he puts himself out there like that. He's active off-season with the West Nashville Dream Center. He actually lives in – he moved out from his parents now. He's living (laughs) in Nashville. And it's a nonprofit for single mother-led homes, and they do stuff like food bank stuff and other kinds of support job training. He also started a brand or a a, a Friday night game co-brand thing called All Things Local, which is ATL, which is Atlanta. And they co-brand t-shirts with various Atlanta-based organizations or people. There was like a, a group of rappers who did one week and some local businesses who did others, and then five bucks off the t-shirts go to local charities. The coolest thing about him is his girlfriend. And I know you did this a couple weeks ago with, wait, remind me again, Brandon Lowe of The Rays. I got it. Mm -hmm. Lau, shit. I can't even say his name. But this girlfriend, check this out. He's dating Mallory Pugh of our very own Washington Spirit soccer team. Not only does she play for the Spirit, but she played for that kick-ass U.S. women's national team. For which we've seen her at Nats Park. Before announced oh, games. Yeah, that's we have. Right. Yeah, we have. She's ours. I totally to forgot her. about that. She's ours. She is hot shit. Yep. I mean, she started uh, playing soccer at the, the national level at age 17. She went pro at 18. And she's the youngest U.S. Olympic scorer in 2016. So she and Dansby uh, hooked up at a wedding, Jace Peterson's wedding, who's an ex-Brave. So Dansby knew him because of being the Brave. And she, I think, is like his sister-in-law or something. There's some weird family connection there. And they hit it off. And the sports competitiveness between them sort of brings them together. And so they they compete on stuff. And one of uh, Dansby's cuter quotes says, she's definitely more famous than me. She's way more popular than me. More, more followers on everything. It's a worldwide sport. Soccer is big. It's bigger than baseball, I hate to say. But if you're talking about a global thing, it's huge. And he also said she's cuter than me, which is absolutely true. She is adorable. And they're they're kind of adorable together. So that's the, the last little thing is because he's shortstop, he's going to be doing double plays with my last year's uh, Atlanta boyfriend, Albies, who I finally said that right. Albies. You totally did. And you said adorable in a sports context. Okay. So cheers to that. Yeah. For Atlanta, I picked Adani Echevarria. 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 Yeah, oh, God it. darn it. I practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adani Echevarria. He was a utility player and he's 30. So this is this is my older player that I picked out of all of you <laughs> 30. Know, right. Oh, I got to say, well, he's played for a boatload of teams. But his real story is how he got to the major leagues because he was born in Santiago de Cuba, um, raised by his father, who was a warehouse security worker. He used to sneak into bars at local resorts, like, you know, like fancy schmancy hotels to watch ball games at the bar. So that's how he got hooked on baseball. He would sneak in to watch broadcasts. Of you picked MLB. a guy who sneaks into bars. That totally as, seems like my as kind a kid. Of thing. Well, be, to watch baseball games. Okay, okay. It totally is. Right. <laughs> it's, it's both of our thing for there sure. You go. He ended up playing on the um, the Cuban Junior National Team when he was seventeen. That team went to play in a Pan American tournament in Mexico, and he paid attention to what was around him, and he saw a vast difference in quality of life. And what he saw there in Mexico where he was playing compared to where he grew up in in this particular part of Cuba. And he said, I want to leave. That's that says a lot. And he had and so he was 17 and he had a lot of conversations with his father who said, don't do it. It's too risky. It's too dangerous. And he said, I'm I'm going to go. I want to play ball. I got to get out of here. There's there's a better life for me. This is my dream. I have to go. 
So he decided to defect. And as we have talked about before, when we talk about defections from Cuba, there are always various versions of the story. The thing that all the stories agree on is he ended up on a boat with 11, 11 other people on a choppy sea going to Mexico, scared witless. That's because terrifying. Went for a very long time with no land in sight, in the dark, in choppy waters. Some stories add in things like he had a deal with human traffickers who were demanding a cut of his signing bonus. Other stories left that part out, either because they were told at a different time when that wasn't something that we talked about in public or not. So that's unclear. This is a long time ago. This was in 2009. When he arrived in Mexico, he knew no one, had some help from strangers sort of getting set up and getting a place to live and, and starting to try to play ball. He managed to connect with an agent who took him to the Dominican Republic for workouts where he got the attention of the Blue Jays director of Latin American operations who got to see him play, took him to dinner, you know, had like showcases with him to really, you know, evaluated him very closely. Said we want you to play for us, but he had to go back to Mexico and deal with the paperwork to get an American visa. Once that paperwork was worked out, he had a four year, $10 million contract signed with the Blue Jays. That's worth it. So all yeah. of a sudden, like he, he has said since then, like had he known how scary and dangerous the process was going to be like for real, not just, oh, you shouldn't do it. It might it's going to be bad, mm -hmm. but actually living through it, he might not have done it. Clearly, it was worth it. But had he had it been more clear to him, he might not have done it at all. Wow. Even knowing that it'd make 10 million dollars. Yeah, that says a lot. Yeah. So when he you know, when he was signed, he knew nobody. He knew no one. His whole family is back in Cuba. He doesn't know the language. Thankfully, you know, he played in the minor leagues in Florida. So there were a lot of bilingual people who helped him out. And the coaches and everyone sort of became his family because he was awfully young. Right. So they took him in. They took care of him. They helped him with English. They helped him get settled. And then he tried in um, 2012 to bring his dad over. His dad was on a boat 13 separate times and got caught all of those times. Oh, that's awful. Was thrown in jail periodically oh for a couple God. days at a time while the, the 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 Cuban authorities were trying to say, who is doing this? Who is trying to pay to get you out? And they let him go eventually. I think his dad is here in this country now, but it took that many tries. That's just how hard you have to work and how much you have to want it to get here from there, you know, in 2012, right? In 27, uh, he was traded to the Marlins after that 2019 season. And then in June 2017, went to the Rays. And then the revolving door kind of started. In August 2018, he, um, he went actually to the Pirates for a couple of weeks, just for a couple of weeks, and then on to the Yankees. I mean, it was, it was seriously a revolving door. So, and the Yankees. Yeah. So, so in 2018, he went from Rays to Pirates to Yankees. With the Yankees, he was able to play his very first postseason game, even after playing in the majors for all that time. He wasn't playing for contenders, right? He he dro gets dropped into the American League wildcard game as a defensive replacement for Miguel Andujar. Oh, wow. Right? So he's you know, a Yankee briefly. In February last year, 2019, he signs a minor league deal with the Mets, who DFA'd him in August. One day before he was due for a million dollar roster bonus. Fuck that's, the Mets. That's shitty. Fuck the Mets. They were making room for Joe Panic on the roster. One day. One day. A million dollars. So he was that signed sucks. by the Braves within like a day or two to fill in for an injured, say it with me, Dansby Swanson. Oh my God, you're bringing this all together. I am, this I is am. so poetic. And then he was re-signed just last month for one more year with Atlanta for a million dollars. So that million dollars right, came around eventually. But my favorite thing is um, as soon as he left the Mets, he when he when with the Mets, he had a 6'11 OPS. And then with the Braves e. at the end of that season, the last 24 games he played with the Braves, 1.039. OPS. They're treating him better. And he said, thank the Lord that the Mets let me go, which all the headlines were, thank God I'm not a Met. It was more like, you know, 
I'm blessed because they were released so I could join this other team and do well. But it was very easily framed as screw the Mets. And I kind of feel like screw the Mets. Um, He has been he went home to Cuba after the 2017 season for the very first time after being gone since 2009. He was able to do that that and was really touched by all the poverty left behind and bottom line, lack of shoes. And he sent like $15,000 worth of Adidas footwear to his hometown after that, because I mean, he's he's very conscious of where he came from. And he's the only guy from um, from Santiago de Cuba to ever make the major leagues. Wow. So it's kind of a big deal at home. Well, I hope Adidas gave him something. For I'm, that. Ho- I'm, hope- I'm hoping so, too. But he's he, he is using his powers for good and helping and not forgetting where he came from and really helping out. We have a special guest with you today on today's show for No Crying in Baseball, and it's Michael Rivers, who has a new Twitter platform about adopting a minor league player. And with all the talk that we've been doing about minor league players, we wanted to find out what he's doing and how it's going. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and your background with baseball, if you wouldn't mind, just to kick us off. Well, honestly, I'm just kind of your average Joe. I, uh, I've been uh, a baseball fan since I was little. Uh, I'm a Twins fan. I'm from Minnesota. Uh, granted, I'm a, a military brat, so Minnesota is kind of where I ended. Uh, but that's where my family was originally from. Um, so I was a big pucket fan back in the, in the day. Uh, I was a kid when uh, 87 and 91 World Series happened. So uh, it, was a, it was a great, great early years. And then obviously for a while, the Twins weren't very good and you know then we got back and so it's been kind of a roller coaster for uh being a twins fan but uh i am a just a a server been a server for almost 20 years at a a restaurant uh and i just figured i you know this year started hearing a lot more about the the pay or lack of pay for the minor leaguers i think a lot of us out there really don't know how little they get especially in spring training they don't get paid um, and then when they're kind of off on their teams, they have to most for most part be responsible for their own living arrangements. If they can't find a host family, your most of your pay is going to the you know rent and everything. And they got really much, not much else. So what inspired you to take action? I mean, we, we've been like we profile players every week and we talk about, you know, when they were in the minors and this one got a million dollar signing bonus. And we know those are the exceptions. And as you described, a lot of them don't get anything. What made you actually finally take action? Like a lot of us just talk about it and don't do anything about it. Right. Well, my father was diagnosed with cancer uh, a couple months ago, uh, lung cancer. And uh, for a while, you know, we, he had a uh, surgery set and he had it removed and we thought everything would, oh, wow. would be fine. And then he was he was good. But they had tested the lymph nodes and found out that that wasn't it and that his lung cancer was actually secondary um, to something else. So oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah, it's it, it was it was it hurt. It, um, so that couple of weeks were just rough and I needed a win. Um, and. During this whole time, I had been following a guy named Todd Van Steensel. He used to play for the Twins uh, in the minors. Um, he's an Australian, and now he's he's going to be playing for independent ball. But he was uh, doing a lot of stories about the minors, uh, the stories about like the pay, and I also, you know, just on Twitter, just happened to like I said, see uh, a bunch of stories about how much or how little I should say they get paid. Sorry. <laughs> and now we have a dog friend. I got, I got yappy, I got yappy chihuahuas. Oh so. wow, we lo- we love the pets. Yeah. No, no worries. Yeah, we uh, we used to have a lot of meows until we learned to record behind a door. <laughs> right, sorry, <laughs> they go from nothing to to barking. All right, so I just you know decided, hey, I ro- ro- reached out to uh, Todd, seeing if I can help him. And from there, I said, hey, do you have a couple buddies um, that I could also help? Because I'd like to. Uh, and from there, we just I uh, kept going. Uh, it didn't really work out for the for the buddies at all. Uh, they really didn't need any help. But with his help, started reaching out to guys. He said, hey, if you need somebody to, to let them know this is legit, he kind of started me off. And then just word started spreading through players and it kept growing. And to the point where now 
excuse me, now um, a company, um, a nonprofit called morethanbaseball.org, uh, asked me to uh, partner up. Oh, that's fantastic. Their, their goals were just like mine. They wanted to help minor leaguers. Um, they are a non-for-profit. Uh, they help with uh, free legal advice. They get them discounts on supplements and equipment through other companies. They just do a lot for them and they wanted to help. So everything is growing. We're, I think, at about 60, 61 players helped um, in the f- almost about a month that we've been doing this. So, so the, been- the players reach out to you? Is that how you, you can yes. connect with them? So you're just trying to get the word out so they know about you. They can contact you and then you get the word out and try to get people to sponsor them. Yes. Yeah, sorry. No, we, we have them contact us. Uh, and, you know, either through, you know, the, the little check mark or for a friend of a friend, you know, the, you knowing they're verified, I, I shout out to my uh, followers and say, hey, anybody want to sponsor? And I set up this kind of one on one sponsor player relationship and uh, the sponsors send care packages, you know, maybe some gift cards, sometimes a little bit of money for here and there for, you know, athletic shoes that they need to, you know, train Mm -hmm. in, um, or, you know, whatever else they need. Um, and that, that really it's different than just doing a GoFundMe because now the fan gets that extra little experience with a player, um, for the most part, because I'm trying to set them up with a a team that they like. So player and their, their organization, they're a fan of just to watch these guys grow and help them and, and just have that good feeling with also seeing where your money goes directly instead of just a cold, hard donation. That's got to be a heck of a spreadsheet you have going because you are playing matchmaker to a lot of people. It, it, it does. I'm, I was by myself for a while. I have about one or two other people that are kind of helping me. So it does, you know, it, this is not my day job, but at every moment I have, I'm, I am, I'm playing matchmaker. And when I do get kind of that rush of, of people wanting to help and, you know, I, I, I just, I try to do as much as I can and you just keep telling the players, Hey, just tell your, tell your teammates, tell your, your buddies on other organizations and let's, let's get this thing spread because in ultimate, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to ask. So when somebody does sign up is it sounds like it's pretty flexible for how much they give. How do you work that out? What the actual contribution is? Do you have suggested amounts or does it depend on the player's needs? Yes, it's because obviously this is uh, just it's still growing. It's in it's still in its infancy stage. So I pretty much ballparked it around. I let them know uh, this is kind of a, a, a season, um, kind of a, a deal. And I tell them it's, you know, one to mm-hmm. 200 bucks a month, depending on what you're doing, um, because a, a good care package, I, I ballpark it around about 100 bucks. But you don't only you don't have to just only do that. Maybe you send, you know, $50 one two week thing and then you do a care package or whatever they need. Uh, so I just try to let them know. And if they, if they don't feel like they have enough or they, they really don't want to commit to that, I tell them, um, we just kind of made a, um, a donation site where they can donate just a little bit if they want. And then what I end up doing is I'll end up starting to use that and maybe send like a, a bigger care package of maybe equipment or something to, uh, a, a team's, um, spring training site, or maybe when they move on, I'll send it to, you know, the actual team's uh, place, you know, like a minor league team um, and have them, you know, hand it out. Uh, or I just tell them, you know what, join us, follow us and just retweet the heck out of us and, mm-hmm. and help us grow. Fantastic. So you, I, I see when you tweet out, you know, adopt a twin or adopt a, an angel. Are you looking for fans for the major league team? And then you just go into their like, the, the, the minor feeders, or are you looking for people who, who are sort of local to the guy who they're adopting? No, it's, it's the major league team and most major league uh, fans uh, totally are on board with, with helping out the, the team's minor league guys. Um, But I am getting um, some more requests now specifically, which at this point, you know, since we're, we're still smaller, it's kind of hard to fill, but you know, when they say, I want, you know, a, a, what was it? A um, Myrtle Beach, you know, player because mm-hmm. I live right here and I'd like to watch him, or uh, a Clipper, or you know, some random um, team that I've never heard of because I mean I'm a Twins fan, but you know, there there's you know maybe it's a Padre A ball that I've never heard of because you know I don't know every team out there. It's it's a little hard, harder to fill that right now, 
but I'm hoping to at some point, you know, when we, you know, if we can build a large base that I can start to fill that request as well. So you're doing the one-on-one matchmaking with sponsors and then the partnership with more than baseball. Is that where the sort of more general donations are going or what's happening with that? Tell yes. me what the difference. Okay. Okay. Yes. It's the, so the general, they, they've helped me kind of, uh, organize together. They also have, uh, they set about 250 to 300, um, players in their kind of pool, um, in the minors throughout their minors. So that's already going to help me, um, a reach and, and, um, kind of pl- put more, uh, players in the pool, uh, that I can use, you know, to, to help. Uh, but they also help me set up the, uh, the kind of the donation site and they are the nonprofit. So it does help because now it's a, uh, it's a tax, tax uh, deductible donations um, on the site, uh, not great. the one on one personal, but the donations. So. I like it. I did notice that the, the thing that you're doing is allowing for some very customized donations as well. I saw your post about a, a player who's married and they're expecting a baby and they're going to need that kind of help, which is different than, you know, send me Gatorade and granola bars. Exactly. Yeah, that's send me diapers, right? You know. Exactly. I I can't turn down a a player in need. And to be honest, I'm actually starting to get agents uh, mm-hmm. contacting me because they're hearing what's going on, and they they've got you know some of these guys, these clients that they know. Hey, this guy was a senior sign. This guy, his bonus was maybe a thousand dollars, and you know, or this guy, um, the the one that I was talking about, um, his name is Taylor. He's actually a minor league free agent. Uh, he just came off of uh, surgery about eight months ago. He's pretty much done. He's he uh, his agent is telling me he's throwing 98, 99 miles an hour. Uh, wow. But his yeah, his wife is five weeks from uh, giving birth, and he had to take a week off from his job just to go throw for some teams, and that put him behind with his rent and you know that kind of stuff. So I you know the agent told me about him. I I got in contact with him and and I wanted to help and and I figure you know all these people these followers you know they're they're an awesome bunch of people and they're there you know like just like me because they want to help people that are in need. I like that you're you're using your powers for good. I'm I'm really impressed that you're able to channel something really tough that's going on with you in a way that's going to help a lot of people. That's very impressive. And I'm so happy to see it. And I want you out of business. I want the major leagues to just pay actual salaries. Right. So you don't have to do this, but I'm really glad you're doing it in the meantime. I, I would love to be out of business myself. I, you know, and even like maybe next year, I still see even, you know, with the, the increase in pay, I still see, you know, us at least pushing for, for helping them during spring trading because they still won't pay them. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, that increase you, is not really a, a, a huge deal at this point. Not enough and, to be completely sustainable. No, and you're apparently you're getting rid of a bunch of guys just to pay the others. So you're, you're really that? not doing them doing some people a favor anyway. Okay, to, to sum up, can we just um, let our listeners know exactly how to contact you? Yep, you can go onto Twitter at adopt milb player. And uh, just follow me and uh, DM me and let me know you're interested uh, if you want to sponsor. If you don't want to sponsor and just want to stick around, follow us, retweet us, uh, and and help us gain more followers and and gain more people, that is totally fine with us. Uh, But like I said, if you do want to sponsor, just DM me. Let me know. If you have team specifics, I'll do my best. As my player pool grows, I'll be able to fill out more specifics. But right now, if you're willing to help any uh, minor league player, that would be great. And yeah, just DM me, get a hold of me, and uh, we'll go from there. Great. We'll make sure we put that information in our show notes as well as the link to the general donation site as well. So people can, you know, give to the level that they are able. Michael, thank you so much. We are so excited about what you do and we're happy to have you here talking to us about it. Thank you for having me. One more big thank you to Michael Rivers of Adopt a Minor League Player. Please follow those links and sign up if you're able to help or help spread the word to others who might be able to help. We have our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League starting very soon. We're going to start right before opening day. If you want to play fantasy ball with us, Got to follow boyfriend rules. I'm the commissioner. I'll explain it all to you. But if you think you want to play with us for bragging rights, no money involved, please contact us via social media and Potty Mouth will tell you how.
So you can get us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast or on Facebook or Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. And so this is your chance to play Fantasy Ball with us. This is our third season doing it. And the cool thing for y'all is that you don't have to do that much work to follow the boyfriend rules because we have two seasons worth of guys pre-screened for you. So you can't pick assholes. You got to pick guys that you want to kind of hang out with and who are good players. But we've got a huge list for you to work with. You can't pick the guys that we're picking for this season. So that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, we're going to announce our starting lineups on March 15th. So feel free to contact us way before then. Say you want to play. And then on the 15th, for sure, you'll know who's off limits. These are the guys you can't pick because we've profiled these guys. It's our damn show. We get to pick first. (laughs) And then um, we'll be drafting the week of the 15th through just before opening day on the 25th. But there are so many guys that I'm totally heartbroken that I have to leave behind that you could pick up, dear listener. Yeah. And to be clear, you can pick Any guy that's not on the never going to be a boyfriend list doesn't have to be somebody that we profile by any means, but that would be a very easy way to go. Not not the never going to be a boyfriend list on the on the previous boyfriend list. You can pick up any guy on our previous season's boyfriend list. Right. I'm thought. I'm sorry. What I meant was don't don't pick the the never going to be a boyfriend list. Right. And we will let you know about that That's what I meant. Right. That's what I meant. I don't even know what I said anymore. No assholes. It's the important thing. (laughs) Speaking of which, next week we have to pick Dodgers and Astros boyfriends. Oh, God. And we had a really interesting oh talk with, with a friend of ours about how are we going to pick Astros guys because we have clear rules mm-hmm. about what's appropriate and what's not. So the rule I'm going to follow is I'm not going to pick a guy that played for the 2017 major league team. Well, it's kind of like what we did with the Red Sox. We just, you know, tried to pick guys who are as far away from any kind of potential possible scandal, although it's a lot clearer with the Astros at this point. But yeah, yeah. nobody who was on that team, that's totally fair. But you know what? Baseball is coming. How close? Opening day from the time of recording is 24 days, two hours, 38 minutes, and a matter of seconds. So much sooner from when you're going to hear our podcast. Put in your request for your days off now, my friends. I got a sub. (laughs) Please (laughs) feel free to listen to some past episodes, especially if you want to learn about some guys that might be on your fantasy team. Tell your friends about us if you think they might want to hear us talk about some baseball. Leave us a review or a rating if you have a chance to do that. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.